everybody, and welcome back to Elder Geeks Game Club. My name is Steve Wilkinson, and joining me, as always, is Phil Summers. Phil, how's it Hello. going tonight? Uh, pretty good. How about yourself? Cool. Good, good. Good to have you with us here. And also joining us is the editor and owner of ElderGeek.com, Mr. Randy Asenchak. Randy, how's Hello. it going? Hello. You know what? I, I want to I preface this before we even begin the show. We're going to be playing Super Metroid tonight. And anybody who has like come here because they're Super Metroid fans and they're watching me play, this is the gameplay of me playing, I am not you know, a speedrunner. I, I'm not a guy who plays it yearly. So if you're like, oh my god, you didn't kill Crate on this first try, just... Oh man! Gently go sit in the corner and just enjoy the show as we discuss. You know our just. You didn't topic. kill. You didn't kill Crate on your first try. <laughs> but I'm just. I'm just saying. Like statement. No. If, if this kind of thing comes up, like it always comes up. Everyone's like, this guy sucks at playing. That's not really. Well, I mean, the you point do, the but it's okay. <laughs> well, if if you do fall into that category of people who maybe found the show uh, because you were looking for a Super Metroid speedrun and you don't know how the game club works, uh, what we do here is we'll pick a game, uh, we play it for a couple of weeks, and then we get together and record the show, and we just kind of talk about it. It's kind of an informal discussion uh, amongst friends, not really intended to be a, an official review or anything like that, so I uh, hope you enjoy it. Uh, this time around, we've played Super Metroid, which you already know. Which uh, was a, I guess Phil, uh, do you have some uh, some history lesson for us? Uh, I didn't prepare anything, but I can certainly uh, get some stuff off the top of my head, probably. Dude, school us off the top of your head. <laughs> I had a feeling you might be able to. Yes. Uh, so I mean, where to begin here? Uh, so Super Metroid '94. Uh, uh, if I recall, it might also be the first Super Nintendo game to be a 24 meg cartridge. I could. It was. I do wrong. remember that. That's actually on the box. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Superman, now I'm like, you already uh, confirmed it. But uh, <laughs> I believe the game was, like, the reveal of this game was pretty cool. I'm, I'm going into, this is not actual history, but I remember, like, it was revealed an issue of Nintendo Power, and not too much before it came out, and then, you know, they revealed that, yeah, we've been working on this thing for two years, and it was, I just remember being, like, so floored by that fact, even though that's just so, like, standard. Yeah. These days, you know, like yeah. you sometimes you see things like three years before or even even more. Or if you're with the case with The Last of Us, like four or five years. Yeah, yeah, really. So actually, it's funny. The wiki says uh, under development for 18 months. So that's actually not quite two years. Yeah, it's a pretty good. That's pretty short for the most part. Yeah. So it was written and directed by Yoshio, which I may have said wrong, Sakamoto. So Sakamoto is the guy that. Uh, created Metroid and in many people's eyes kind of ruined Metroid with Metroid Other M. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he, he can do what he pleases. It's his it's his baby. Uh didn't mean to have the a baby pun in there, by the way, speaking oh. of other M. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, that's that's the whole thing. But yeah, Metroid, I mean it started in eighty six with uh the Famicom disc version. Uh when it came to the US. Um they kinda had a remedy that by making the password system that and kid icarus were the first two games to have uh passwords um and then the only metroid game in between these two was uh metroid 2 for game boy which i believe is 91 let me uh and that was a pretty cool game too look that up uh hmm, it doesn't seem like he did metroid 2 because i clicked his name and it is not in his in his list it's interesting well what you like metroid 2 randy yeah, Metroid Two was was pretty neat, and I and um you know Metroid One, you know people always praise it for what it did first, but Metroid Two was kind of the, I don't know, it, I felt like it put a little bit more of the story into the Metroid series. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, sort of, like that ending. So I mean, yeah, you know, the ending is where she finds the baby, and it is awesome. I mean, it's a really cool ending. Um. I guess if you played it now, you'd just kind of be like, oh, no big deal. Oh, I was close. It was uh, 91. Yeah, 91 in North America. It came out. That's funny. It came out at first in North America before the Japanese release, huh. the Metroid 2. Uh, but, but, you yeah. know, you don't need to play Super Metroid or Metroid 2 to, to get it. Like when you play Super Metroid, you they give you cutscenes from yeah. Metroid 1 and Super and Metroid 2 mm-hmm. in, yeah. in the intro. And they kind of give you the whole story up to that point, And the baby gets stolen. 
And that's where Metroid 2, I mean, Super Metroid begins. And then Samus goes and gets the baby. And then Metroid, after Super Metroid, which, I mean, everybody loved it when it came out. It's not like it was one of those games that kind of flew under the radar. Like, you know, it did well. It was a big hit. And Metroid just kind of went underground until for a long time probably seven years later yeah Mm -hmm. for a real long time Uh, yeah which was crazy because people were really craving it right and and in metroid prime i mean that in itself is just a whole crazy story just the development of that game um yeah that came out in 2002 so uh yeah like eight years later um yeah, that's just the whole crazy story in itself, Metroid Prime, because those guys, Retro, when they started, they were working on, like, three GameCube games, and they're apparently all shit. One of them was Metroid, and, you know, the story has it uh, in a nutshell is that, you know, Nintendo kind of went in there. People say uh, Miyamoto himself went in there and just kind of looked at these three games and were like, these are all shit. There was, like, a football game. There was uh, one called, I think, Ravenblade, which was just, like, a hack and slash thing. And they, yeah, he said they were crap. I think they were doing a racing one as well. So there was Could you four. imagine that if maybe he was just having a bad day and he walks in, and he was yeah. like, crap, crap, <laughs> crap, get out of here. Well, I know. I mean, imagine, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't imagine how, you know, the pressure, because I'm sure they're all kind of like shitting their pants when this visit was happening, you know? Yeah. Mm. And uh, so supposedly the story was these guys, a lot of them for like, were from like Iguana and stuff like that. They worked on games like Turok and, um, he said, stop making all these other games, just focus on Metroid, and use your first-person expertise to make a first-person game out of Metroid. So that was what they did for Prime, and then, as you know, Prime had two sequels, uh, so there's the trilogy there, and then there were two Game Boy ones. Um, mm-hmm. Zero we had and... Yeah, Zero Mission and Fusion. Fusion came first, Fusion, Fusion came out right. the day Metroid Prime came out, I remember And those were pretty good, those. too. Oh yeah, uh, Fusion's really good. I I, mm-hmm. I think yeah, it's great. Um, and I think Zero Mission's actually Zero Mission's weird because it's a remake of the first Metroid, but Super Metroid in itself is kind of like a remake of the first Metroid. So it's almost like Super Metroid again. <laughs> <You know>? It's <laughs> it's but it's still great. It's like still a really well made game. Yeah, but, but it's just kind of a weird. It's almost kind of like. It's almost slightly redundant. You yeah. Know? Now, when you say remake, you don't you don't mean like they remade the story because there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be mad about that. You mean like they took the core concept and kind of re refined it for like the Super Nintendo because like oh, it's a right, continuation right. of the story. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I thought you meant for Zero Mission. I was like, no. Oh no no for Zero Zero Mission no, it was remake. Right. And and you're yeah. right. It kind of it kind of it's like it's almost like Metroid One and then half of Metro Super Metroid or. Something along those lines. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I meant by Super Metroid being a remake is, yeah, you're right. Like, it's obviously it's a sequel. You know, the, the, the games happened, and you know, you're revisiting the same planet, and it's kind of following like similar footsteps. You're kind of going, you're going to obviously the same locations. Right. Um, Unlike Super Castlevania Four, which was a remake of Castlevania One. Right. Yes. <laughs> this confusing. This confusing remake talk. Yeah, that. <laughs> stupid Super Nintendo generation in their I need their... to go lie down. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so uh, Zero Mission and Fusion were real cool. Zero Mission, uh, the game that made the uh, I feel like I've said this before, man. In a, in a game club, I'm having major major deja vu here. Uh, Zero Mission is where the Zero Suit Samus came from. Yeah. Um. And which. which ne- now, if you just Google Samus, Zero Suit Samus, yeah, that's shows what up it on. is. Yeah, it's like a yeah. weird, it's a weird thing, Zero Suit Samus. Like I, <laughs> I don't really like it. I don't like that. She's got like two outfits, you know. Like here's my Zero Suit, and it's called the Zero Suit because it came from the game called Zero Mission, I guess. Mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't know. I just it's kind of stupid. <laughs> but um, you know why it's stupid? Because I, and this is maybe going to sound pervy, but. At the end of Metroid, she always takes the suit off, and you just like, oh, what has she got on under there? What's she wearing? It's a bikini. Right. Or, or I mean, I'm, yeah, just there's all these various, uh, you know, different types, I guess, of bikini or whatever. But now you know that when she takes the suit off, it's just going to be the zero suit under there. It's not special anymore. There's no surprise. You know what I mean? I'm not I, saying I, I, be perverted. If... I, I really just, I really do mean that. Like, it's there's no, there's no mystery anymore. I really, I really wonder if they did this, you know, you, you know, to kind of 
uh depervify the ending of like because like really when we were kids you were like oh did you see the end of did you see the end of uh metroid because you, you totally see her in a bikini yeah. and that was like you know various different types of bikini as well like at right. first it's like a whole one piece and then right. if you do even better you get the full bikini like right get... <laughs> and, and now now i wonder in an attempt to depervify that they were like well here's just gonna wear this zero suit but the zero suit is like even though she's covered head to toe is probably sexier yes. than everything i know yeah done. completely like skin tight uh-huh. <laughs> she might as well be uh what's her name um from x-men oh um all of them i just <laughs> rebecca romaine stamos yeah something. rebecca oh, romaine yeah, stamos yeah, yeah, you know what's funny like i did all i had to say was what's her name and you guys got it i so. said like a total brain fart on her name though. but thank you yeah um yeah, so you know, I'm kind of jumping all over the place here because, like I said, I'm I'm pulling all this off the top of my head. We're doing like um, a full Metroid history. Yeah, here. yeah. I mean, why not? I it's mean, hard who to knows? talk about one Metroid game without talking about them all at least right. in some within some context. So I think it's fine. And then there is Metroid, the last Metroid with oh, well, I'm missing um. There was there Hunters were t- as well. Two spinoffs. Yes, there were Hunters, which I did not play because I didn't really care for it. And there was Pinball, which I do have Pinball. Metroid Prime Pinball. Hunters is officially a <laughs> spin-off? It's not... Well, I mean, I guess spin-off in the way that, like... I don't know. It's not... It doesn't feel like it's part... It's yeah. It's not a part of it, you know what I mean? Like, I it's got not a Metro, It's I not a Metroid you. game. Hunter, Hunters is actually the game that kind of turned me off to the DS initially. Wow. You know, that's when funny is because the DS, that it came with a demo to Hunters. Yeah, like the original I, Big I, Clam. I played it in a Target. Uh, the first time I ever saw a DS, I played Hunters in a Target uh, on the demo unit, and I was just so unimpressed with the controls that I was just like, oh, yeah. I don't know about this thing. It wasn't until later when I, I think I uh, played Phil's uh, DS that I was then uh, sold on it as a as a platform. But yeah, oh, that, yeah. that game kind of soured me on it, just because yeah. I was so unimpressed with the control scheme. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, technically it was pretty impressive at the time, and it ran real good, and it was just cool to see, like, a Metroid Prime-looking game on DS, well, yeah. or this yeah. new machine, you know, this new handheld, but, you know, it's just, it's basically, like, a really, like, bare-bones multiplayer game, mm-hmm. and with without much of a real meaty single-player uh, campaign that I know of. I mean, I only played a little bit. I played the demo, of course, and my nephew had it when it came out, and I played a bit of his, but, you know, I never really... It, you know, as a huge Metroid fan, for me to not buy Hunters, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that kind of speaks volumes. Right. Um, I mean, I even be, I even bought Pinball. I mean, I bought it for like $10, <laughs> I think. But I, I bought fucking Metroid Pinball, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, mean, I think it's the only Pinball game I own, by the way. Um, of, all, of all my games. Of all. <laughs> uh, and then finally, like I mentioned, Me- Me- Other M by team ninja uh the big the game that really just divided the fan base and as of now just like killed uh the series because mm-hmm. it really I think did they, and i think even i think they expected it to be a really big hit um and they really overproduced like that they made so many usually a nintendo game it comes out it's always 50 dollars. sometimes you'll find it for like 20 bucks Five Below is stacked with Metroid Other M. Go to go to Five Below and get Other That's M for crazy. five dollars. So yeah. There was a ton of them last time I was. That was like a month ago, so they might be gone. But uh, yeah, full of Metroid Other M. Yeah. So it's just I think like I got it for like eight dollars on Amazon, brand new. Oh my! Wow. Yeah, really cheap. And you know what? I I think it's a good. I really do think it's a good game. This this is not about Metroid Other M, but um, I think it's a good game. Uh, with you know a couple of flaws, it's not the best Metroid game, but it doesn't deserve the hate. Uh, really interesting. I would love to actually. I wouldn't mind it if there was like a second one, like Other Rim, and it mm-hmm. just kind of like expanded upon it and and, and worked. It, you know, kept some of those core ideas, but fixed a lot of the problems. I, I'd be up for that. But um, yeah, Metroid is, and that was what probably like 2010, so three years ago. No Metroid. Which there's like we like we just said there was that big period between Super Metroid and Prime and you know who knows it could happen again the the big wait which is you know what that's actually fine because then when it comes back it'll be that much more special yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. well you didn't mention you did not mention the uh, the Nintendo Land uh, 
in- oh. incarnation of Metroid. Yeah, I don't know about this one. Which is which is great too. It I actually, actually like really it. Fun. Yeah, so Nintendo Land uh, for Wii U has all these attractions. I think there's like twelve of them or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all based on on a Nintendo game, and they're all kind of like mini versions of the game. Well, sort of like mini versions of the games. They're all. I think Pikmin's probably maybe the closest thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, probably not even actually. But anyway. Uh, there's a Metroid like multiplayer game in there, and it has like a like a like a campaign, and it's just like a shooter. You actually play it kind of similar to Metroid Prime on on Wii. You know, you're pointing the remote at the screen and mm-hmm. and aiming that way, and it's third person, so the camera's behind your guy, and you're shooting up like cool like uh, toy looking versions of Ridley and all that stuff. There's like a giant crate boss. It's really cool. It's a lot of fun. Um, that's awesome. I played and the, the shit out of that. And the other person can play as the ship, right? Yeah, yeah. And someone else, the person on the gamepad can play as the, as the actual like Samus gunship, and they're just kind of flying around. Oh, nice. On their own. Yeah, it's it's real cool. Like, and you can even do like the gyro with it. So if you want to look around the room with the ship, you can fly that way. Does her like ship that. ever? Was her ship ever given a name? Does anybody know? Uh, I don't Probably think. somebody knows. I'm sure. It's I'm possible, aware. but I do not think that there is a name for the ship. Hmm. If I don't, if I don't know the name of the ship, there may, there must not be a name. For the ship. No, I don't know. There might be. There might really be a name. I don't know. But um, yeah. So that's. I feel like we we talked about Metroid. One thing I would like to note. Speaking of spinoffs, when you said uh, the thing about Hunters, I would say that Metroid Prime trilogy is not canon to Metroid. Really? Yeah. Because. Um, See, it's funny. There's going to be a ton of people out there that will not have played the older ones. That their experience with Metroid is going to be the Metroid Prime, Prime yeah, series. Yeah, it's weird, but like, and I, I always kind of suspected that it was never considered canon by the original creator of Metroid. Like, I just kind of felt like they let Retro Studios do these Metroid games, but they didn't really let them move the story forward. I'm, yeah, I think if I recall, it takes place after the first Metroid. All these three games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it never moves the story forward. It never does. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Metroid 1, 2, 3, Fusion, and even Zero Mission and Other M, they are all, like, linked together. You know what I mean? Those are all the major uh, games. But, like, Prime just kind of is its own thing. And in 3, they tried to introduce this idea of these Aurora units. Now I'm a little – I haven't played Prime 3 in a while, so I might be off on, on my lore here. But the Aurora units were basically Mother Brains, and that was like the whole concept of Mother Brain was just that the pirates stalled this unit, and they kind of like retrofitted it to become Mother Brain, and and then in three you fight like another Mother Brain at the end, like Metroid Prime gets the Mother Brain, takes control of it, blah blah blah. So hmm. in Other M, that idea is just completely that idea doesn't exist because they'd start doing stuff with Mother Brain in there, and it's like oh well that's not how. That's not how Prime explained it. So it was one of those. So that was kind of the uh, moment where I was like, "Yeah, these games just they don't they don't matter. They don't count, which sucks because they're awesome. They're really great." And it, yeah. it's a shame that like Nintendo, like the guys over there in Japan, just obviously don't look at them that way. And it's you know it's not part of their little Metroid world. So that's sad. Yeah, it is sad. It sucks. So Super Metroid, amazing. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Yeah. Good, good, I can uh, keep I can keep going, man. I, <laughs> dude, we should have a panel at Magfest yeah. just for Phil talk and Metroid. We can, I we love can do, it. I'm sure we could do an hour. I'm sure we could. <laughs> it's It'll possible. just be called Let's Talk About Metroid. That'll be the I, panel. I could do it. I could do it for a while. Hopefully I'll do Super Metroid Justice. Um now I played it recently. It was like thirty five cents or whatever it was on um thirty cents on Wii U. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I downloaded it like that week, and I played the shit out of it that week. So that was a couple weeks ago now. I'm but glad that I, it's that cheap, by the way, on the Wii U. Because well, on the, it's not on anymore. The, oh. But it was for a month. I'm, I was going to say, on the Wii U, it's like still 4 bucks or 5 bucks or whatever it is. Eight, that you have to, still, and it's back eight? up to 8 Yeah, and it's back up to 8 now. Good so. God. I mean, yeah. it's a great game and everything, but eight's a little, yeah, a little it's much. Worth it. It's worth 8 it's worth I think eight it's worth 5 <laughs> Come on, this is Super Metroid. Look, you will you will not hear me like argue the merits of this game, but I'm just saying like how many times are you gonna be re-squeezing the same you know money out well, of the I, same customers I know. over and I understand. Over again? I understand. These, like, these I games wish I are could, old. I, I wish I could hold up my to my screen like my cartridge and then like them scan it or something. And be like, oh yeah, here's a legit owner. Play it like crazy. You know. Go crazy. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, all these listen, all these Super Nintendo games, like they're literally, literally they're just selling us ROMs. You know. 
yeah. with a little bundled emulator in them. And yeah, it's it's kind of crazy that they charge eight bucks for a Super Nintendo game these but, days. But I mean, in, in the defense of it, I mean the the new version of it does support all the Wii U functionality. You can play yeah. it on the game. You can play it on the gamepad or the yeah. TV. It actually it has had that stuff added to it, so it's not yeah. like. It's not like it's just the ROM and they're just throwing it at you. It, it, it actually... <laughs> there and, will be and... people out there you know, combating that saying, well, I've been doing that with my PSP emulating it for 10 years <laughs> yeah, now. that's true. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, sure. But it's not that sure. big old, it's not that big juicy Wii U pad. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, uh, I'm sorry, Steve, what were you going to say? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I actually don't like, this is like totally retro game snob coming out. Uh, I don't like playing... Um, Virtual console games on the Wii U pad because they don't look good. They're like, um, and I thought, I like I, I've said this before. I think on the show, I didn't have my Wii U plugged into my TV for months and months. Every time I played it, I was playing on the gamepad. So all the virtual console games I was playing were on the gamepad, and they're all like stretched and mm-hmm. real fuzzy, and I hated them. And F Zero, when you play that, there's actually like um, some yeah. like. Uh, distortion in it yeah. from like is there no way to maintain the aspect ratio on it to the original four by three it's the regular it is the four by three but just the way that it's blown up on the pad it just looks bad and then like it, it has bars kind of on the side randy so it's not yeah it's not yeah stretched to like a 16.9 okay and all right and like like i was yeah f-zero had like bad artifacting when you know when you're yeah. going like full speed and it's just kind of like well this is a letdown so when i was playing super metroid most of the time i was playing on the gamepad and, and i was kind of upset and then finally i was just like let me just see what this thing looks like on the actual tv mm-hmm. and on the tv it looks awesome like does it yeah it looks great i'm like oh thank you. at least at least it looks good on the tv but and, yeah and just point out also just if you are one of the people who bought it on the wii and now you own a wii u you should definitely boot into the wii menu and then you can just download it again you don't have to buy it twice oh cool cool yeah you, you don't have to actually buy it for eight more dollars you can play your wii version right on the wii u uh, oh that's, that's and, it, and it upscales nice enough you know. nice so cool little little informational little nugget i never i never transferred my uh, wii stuff to my wii u oh no i never did it yeah but (laughs) (laughs) i will say you know aside you know super metroid aside most of the games that came out during that era i think they're best serviced when you you find a crt tv and play them on those like that's that's the way they were designed and they they look the best on there i mean they they look fine digitally you know, on digital monitors and digital televisions and everything like that, but I still think that they look the best on CRT screens because, you know, the edges are naturally blurred a little bit. There's right, <laughs> there's yeah. some there's some natural anti-aliasing going on there because of the, the shittiness of the quality of the screens. You know, <laughs> you know, I actually I agree. I do prefer on a, on a CRT, but I actually kind of like the way they look uh, blown up. Um, you know, with no filters and not smoothed over, because I kind of like I don't know. You, you have a better like, you can see the the pixel art really good, and you can yeah. really start to just appreciate it, I guess, a little more. Like, oh wow, look, you know, I don't. Maybe I'm maybe I'm talking out my ass here. No, but. I hear what you're saying, man. Like being able to see how much time and effort was put into every little, you know, right. Especially um, like especially in Super Metroid, like you can just see like individual little pixels like glowing where there's like a you know like a little highlight on on samus's visor or something it's like mm-hmm. they thought they thought of this stuff you know yeah. like they it's just cool to see yeah. it so well let's actually talk about the game we we, we haven't <laughs> yeah. been talking much about the game like no. um <laughs> you know i i kind of should we be talking about like how it was when we played it now how it was when we well, played yeah it when we kids, i mean i think we, i think we should i i think we should talk about how we feel about it now i don't i don't think we should you know, if we loved it as a kid and we hate it now, I think we should talk about how we why we hate it now. You know, like I don't think, I think we should. This is our current view on Super Metroid. I um, I'll go first. Okay. Sure. I didn't hate it as a kid. I actually um, when I when I played it, I borrowed it from a friend because you know that's kind of what you did. You always borrowed cartridges when you didn't have cash, and it was one mm-hmm. of those games that you wanted to play for a while. So renting it was kind of out of out of the door, like. When you were first time playing Super Metroid, you were probably not going to beat it in two days, unless you were Phil, who probably beat it, like, that afternoon. No, I mean, I remember it took me, like, a week. Me too. So it was one of those <laughs> games, like, if you rented it, you, you wouldn't have gotten, like... Because rentals back then were, like, three days and you would return them. But anyway. Right. So I borrowed it off of a friend, and I remember playing it when I was, like, 
14 or 15 or whatever and it was like a crazy ass hot summer and we didn't have air conditioning so i was just laying on my floor in my bedroom just sweating my face off <laughs> you know but i was like this game is so good you, you were know? really but, in norfair yeah really... <laughs> yeah but um you know i really loved the game then and i never played the original metroid and the, you know super metroid was so good that i actually went and found the original Metroid and bought it and played it on my NES. You know, did you hate that going from Super Metroid to that? No, I, it didn't. It was it oh, was wow. pretty it was pretty jarring going back, like because that's a pretty big graphical step backwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, it was still really fun, and uh, um, you know, it, it was kind of neat to see the differences between the two. But um, you know, I've I've always thought, and I still think that it it, it has probably the best soundtrack of all time. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Um. And it's one of those things I, I actually found a new appreciation for it because I recently found uh, some YouTuber on here um, who uh, they uploaded the entire soundtrack in an uncompressed format, which, you know, when I was a teenager, I was playing the game and I was listening to it through this, you know, crappy mono mono television and you're, mm-hmm. you know, the sound is what you got. And then um, growing up, you would listen to the music and stuff online, but you would always hear like super mega compressed versions of it. And so here, when I was like, you know, 34, I'm hearing for the very first time, the uncompressed version of the, of the music of that. And I was really blown away. Like the, the audio difference between what you're supposed to be hearing versus what you actually end up hearing kind of thing. Um, right. So, uh, um, by, by the way, pro tip, uh, snesmusic.org, uh, t- like, all sorts of every freaking Super Nintendo soundtrack you can think of, and there are special files. I think there are RSN files. Yeah. There's a plug in there to use it with. Uh, I still use Winamp uh, for these plugins for this reason. And you can download like a whole Super Nintendo soundtrack, like Chrono Trigger, and it's like 300K and it's uncompressed. It's awesome. So please yeah. go there and, it's, and enjoy. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Like, you know what? There's, there's also something different about... I was I was really thinking about this a lot today. There was a big difference between the music that we put into games back then versus the music that we put into games now. And I am not saying, like, the musicians that, that do their work for, for video games now are, are sucky because that's not it. It's just the, the role of the musician for the games back then was completely different. Right. Um... I'll try to I'll try to draw it out a little bit for people who might not understand what I'm talking about. Like Peter and the Wolf was a, a musical where there was no there was no there was no singing, but there was a story to it and you understood it based on like the musical instruments that were being played. So there is in a sense like how the story is being told through music. Um a lot of times they'll they'll even use music in movies and and television and stuff like that to kind of um fill in backstory for viewers that might not understand what's going on like if you have two people that meet um you'll play romantic music to kind of forward along the fact that oh these two are kind of falling in love um and there's a lot of filling in the gaps that the music needed to do for games you know back then because there was no speaking and and even in super metroid there was very very little text but the music in Super Metroid is such an integral part of it. It's not even funny. It, it sets the tone for every single environment that you're in. Um, it sets the tone for the urgency of, like, you know, when you have to escape, it plays really awesome escape music. Um, and, uh, you know, not only that, but Super Metroid's music, I, I have to admit, is probably one of the creepier soundtracks out there as well because it really nails home that sense of isolation and that you are alone on this planet um, and... You know, you just gotta do what you can to finish your mission and go home. You know, Brinstar Red, man, Brinstar Red area. Yeah, you, YouTube that track right now. Whoever's watching, so good. But um, I don't. I I really don't know what else to say about it. I think it holds up really well. There's so many games that emulate it. I I would easily put Super Metroid in my top five games of all time, if not top three. Yeah, and uh, I, I probably would. I definitely would. I, I will say this. I think it's kind of funny. This, you know, a lot of people will be like, psh, 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 what's wrong with you? I think it's funny that, that the term Metroidvania is attached to Super Metroid and Castlevania Symphony of the Night when um, Super Metroid is essentially Legend of Zelda linked to the past. Like, the, the formula is essentially the same. You're given this open world, you can go wherever the heck you want, but you're limited to what weapons and equipment that you have, you know, based on the environment that you go to. You know, you can 
complete Legend of Zelda Link to the Past completely out of order if you go into the dungeons, get the weapon, and then get back out and then go wherever you want. Um, and the same thing with this. You know, you can, can you go? Can you go? Can you go out of order in a Link to the Past? Oh, I did it all the time. Really? Oh yeah, all the time. If you go in and actually get the special weapon and then leave the dungeon, you can typically access the next the next area. You can actually you can save Zelda before you save all the rest of the princesses, and she'll say, "Thank you for saving me," but I, there's still other princesses out there that need to be rescued. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Dude, I played <laughs> I played that game <laughs> so much when I was a kid. But um, yeah, I that's that's really it. It's it's just a it's a great game. You know, the, I I have nothing else really to say about it. If you haven't played this game and you're watching me play it right now, this is one of those must play games of of not just of like a generation, but of like video game kind. Yeah, Steve, you've been quiet. Um, what's that? You've been quiet. Oh, I'm just listening. I'm, I'm hit, hit us. Really, hit us. Really good. Uh insights there i was i was just enjoying enjoying listening um i don't you know it's funny uh metroid super metroid is one of those games that i didn't really play when it was out as a kid i I, i'm a few years older than you guys so um i always kind of joke that the super nintendo kind of was like during my dark period of gaming where like (laughs) it was all my decline where you have that that kind of time period where i i just had this few years where i didn't play a lot of games and it's because i was just doing other stuff and issue uh, games try to obtain girls (laughs) yeah yeah i still uh, haven't figured that out no (laughs) well but i i I mean i i did play it i just didn't own it and uh you know we had a super nintendo in the house but it was kind of like i you know i played it in those first couple years and then towards you know 93 94 and up is where i kind of didn't play it as much but friends had it and i i remember sitting and playing super metroid at their houses so i don't really have like a great you know memory story of playing it but i I know i did play it at times but i I, um don't have anything particularly profound to say about (laughs) it from that time period um late you know my main memory is playing the original metroid uh over and over again and it was one of those games where we did rent it and i just remember sitting and playing it the night we rented it and finishing it you know that night like just i don't even remember how long because i was much younger but it was like a marathon session where i just didn't sleep and just sat and played it all the way through and you had to have your notepad to write down the codes i was gonna say you must have really been in there man or you just cheated (laughs) and used the used the codes in the back of the book you know from the rental version that some other kid wrote down for you oh yeah no no no. i don't think there was i don't think the rental story went to was that good i don't even remember getting a book <laughs> just like the cartridge in like a, in like a VHS container. The labels half peeled off, no, and they that's have the. funny. N- I for, I forgot they used to come with. Uh, well, at least the video store I went to used to come with the manual when yeah. you rent it. Yeah, a lot wow. of times they did. Yeah, but I, I don't remember that. I, I I'm no, I didn't cheat, but I I know I just remember my brother and I sitting and playing that game all the way through one night, and it was like a no sleep kind of Friday night. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, so I don't I I have you know that memory of that game, and then I kind of mi- you know missed super metroid somehow and then kind of came back to the series with the primes and and uh fusion and uh, zero mission um so it was kind of fun going in and playing this one uh having missed out on it um but being aware of you know what happened uh but i i think one thing you said randy kind of spoke to me a little bit about how one thing about the metroid games and this one especially in particular but all of them really is there is this sense of isolation when you play it and in all of them it's always like it's just you you're just on your own and you're just you know it's not uh i can't think of any time where samus is ever in a situation where they have like someone helping them out or you know it's, it's just always you're just thrown into this environment and you've just got to deal with it and uh yeah, it's one thing that I've always really enjoyed about the series. And, I, and I think, I think you know, conceptually, I think one of the big things that helps with that isolation feeling is literally the fact that there is always your ship, and you're always thinking to yourself, how far away am I from the ship? You know, because the ship is the safe point. That is your safe point. You know, there's mm-hmm. no enemies around. You can save your game, heal up, and all that kind of crap. And with Super Metroid, it was always like, holy crap, how deep am I, and how long is it going to take for me to get right, back to yeah, my ship? Because yeah. I can't remember where the last save room was. You know, but this game, I mean, Super Metroid, uh, you know, even playing it now so many years later as an adult, uh, I mean, it's easy to appreciate why it's held in such high regard. I mean, it's a masterpiece game. I mean, the everything, the, the music, like you said, 
um, the art direction, the controls, the you know just the the world that they've built. And as you go deep into these these uh, caverns and find new things, and and uh, it's it just it's an amazing piece of work. I mean, it it, it definitely belongs uh, where it is in in the uh, uh, at, as being so revered. Phil? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is the game that I bring up in nearly every episode of Game Club, so it's, like, crazy to... We're finally talking about it. Um, <laughs> it's finally <laughs> like, here. It's finally here. It's happening. Um, <laughs> I, for me, I mean, like, this game, the map is just so good. I mean... Sorry, I'm, like, gonna... This is getting right. ready here. Uh, <laughs> um... Of all the Metroids, uh, this is the one that really just, you know, Metroid 1, you can go wherever you want to go. You can kind of complete the game any way you want, and it's really up to you to really figure out this map, and it's like a lot of trial and error. And Metroid 2, they take that, and they kind of throw that away, and there's kind of almost like this hub this hub level and then there's separate little hubs around it um and when you go in there you know you finished it because then there's an earthquake and you can go to the next one so it kind of has stages even though it still has that metroid feel and then that that design of metroid kind of made its way in the metroid fusion and metroid other m yeah um and then metroid zero mission even though it's kind of like even though it's kind of like Super Metroid where there's a bit of freedom, it still kind of points to where to go. Like, you hit a marker, and then it this little ball comes out, and it's like, this is maybe where you should be on the map. It kind of gives you, like, a hint as to where to go. And and the Prime games did that, too. And the Prime games ha- kind of have to do that, and you can turn it off in them, but those games are just so big that I could never imagine figuring out Prime just on my own just because, I mean, you're in a 3D space. There's so much more to think about. Um so it kind of has to guide you along. I, I, But Super Metroid doesn't have any of that kind of stuff. And the way the map works and the way it funnels you through uh, organically is just, I mean, it's brilliant. Just the way, I, I wish I had like, concrete examples off the top of my head. Um, okay, Brinstar Red. Uh, you go, there's this huge, this big shaft, and you fall down the shaft. You're not coming up. You're never, you're not able, <laughs> once you're down there, that's it. You're down there. So you're just kind of like, oh, all right, where do I go? <laughs> so then they give you this portion of Norfair to work with. So you go through the one door of Norfair, you're getting hurt. You're like, okay, maybe I, I, maybe I can't be here. I can't be hurt. And you hit another door, and you're kind of not sure what to do, and then... You go back up the elevator. You're like, maybe I can climb this shaft. You can't climb up the shaft. So then you go back down into Norfair. You're like, what do I do? And then eventually you get these high jump boots. And it's like, oh, this is cool. Now I can jump really high. So then you go back up the elevator. You're thinking, okay, maybe I can go back up the red shaft. I got these boots. And no, you're not going back up there. So then you walk back. And in that elevator room, you notice that, oh, there's a little spot maybe I can hit. And you and you bomb it because now by this point you're also trained to bomb everything. Yeah, <laughs> bomb it, and it's like, and there's the super missile icon. You're like, ooh, and you shoot that, and then you're going off to fight uh, Kraid. So there's all this shit happening, and there's never like a little signpost that's like, this is where you need to go. This is what the high jump boots are, and this is what they're gonna do for you. you like, there's never yeah. like games they're... that just hold your hands today, um, and you're just figuring out this map as you go along. Like an- another way, another one in Norfair. Uh, the way it trains you to use the speed boots is just amazing. So you're going down this long diagonal like cave and it's all kind of blocky and chunky, but underneath there's like a, a flat, like a, like an incline underneath all these big blocks. So you're kind of on the way down, you're kind of just jumping and, and you know, just making your way down the path. And then you get these speed boots and it's just hold, you know, hold run to go. That's what it tells you. It always tells you a little bit about the item. The moment you get these speed boots, fucking lava just starts shooting up. And you're like, oh, my God, I got to run. And it gives you enough time to that where you run. And once you leave the door, you're running at full speed. And all of a sudden, you're just blasting through all the bricks that you just had a yeah. hard time going down. And now you're cl- and now you had this ramp. 
and I, can I interrupt real quick? Sure, sure. That crazy flash of colors and like as you're running through crap oh, and everything's yeah. exploding, that shit was like revolutionary for the oh, time. Oh yeah, you know oh, you're yeah. like, oh my god, you know that was yeah. that was an, that was a big, you know, holy crap moment for yeah. the technology at the time. Oh, it sure was. I mean, total holy shit thing. I mean, yeah, Sonic was already running fast, but just the way that like she was just charging through shit, yeah. like was just so cool. So. You just destroy everything. So, like, what that process teaches you is, oh, I can run really fucking fast now, and when I'm running fast, I destroy everything. Yeah. Um, and then it also gives you that ramp. So then it, you take that knowledge a little later, and there's a part where you see similar blocks lined up, and you see a similar ramp, and then you know, okay, I got to clear this. And then you run and you clear it. And then it also teaches you, that when you're running up on an incline, you can jump really, really far. Like, you can take off on the ramp. So the yeah. fact that the game is always doing these crazy, like, things to just teach you, like I said, organically, um, and learn things on your own without shoving anything down your, your throat, and the way it funnels you through the map, you know, so that you don't get too lost. I mean, you can get lost, but yeah. not, like, overly lost. And just the way that it teaches you that is just so, so awesome. Even just some of the shortcuts... Um, I love speaking of that that part in between the shaft and Brinstar Red and going down the North Fair, there's that water part. So you go in this tube, it's a glass tube and there's water. And you go by it, you don't think anything of it. And eventually when you get back to Meridia, you pass what looks like a broken tube. And you're like, Oh, that looks kinda of similar to what I saw before. So eventually you're in your Meridia and you fall down and now you're on top of that tube that you were once inside of. And then you're like, okay, well, I saw the broken one. Maybe I can break this. And you lay a power bomb, and all of a sudden you shatter that tube. And now you have this shortcut to Meridia. There's also a safe spot, and you can go to, like, Brinstar. <laughs> and it does all these things. And what's so cool about it is, like, now that you have that knowledge, the next time you play the game, you can open that shortcut, like, the moment you get the power bombs, which yeah. you get way before Meridia. So there's just so many, like, cool just – uh, just the way the map links. I mean, it's some kind of genius made this thing. Like, I want a map. I want that map. I want to put it on my wall. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not even just the maps too. It's it's even like the the creatures that live inside it. Like one of my favorite oh, yeah. creatures in the game isn't even like an enemy. It's those, it's those robots. You know, the ones that are just like, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah. I love those things. Like, yeah. it, it says so much about that planet without saying a single thing. Like, there was mm -hmm. once other people here, and they had these things. You know, and right. it was. You know, it's kind of cool when you think about that kind of stuff. But uh, and, and the creatures that teach you to wall jump, do you remember that? You know what? To be honest with you, if there is a downside to to the the entire game, and every game has a downside, it's that wall jump segment. Well, see, I want to bring up the wall jump too. That segment does kind of suck. I hated it when I was younger. Yeah. Um, I remember being stuck, and when you're stuck down there, you are stuck. Like, yeah. You're either. Either and you got to figure out how to get out, or you're turning the game off. And your thumbs and, freaking hurt from rocking oh, back yeah. and forth, like. Mm. Well, this time I was determined to learn the timing of the wall jump. I can do the wall jump perfect every time now. Um, can you? I still can. Yeah, it's. I believe you got to do it when she's doing like that half animation. Yeah, like... you tap away from the wall and then jump, and there's kind of like a rhythm you get into, and yeah. she can do it. Every, you know, she does it once you figure that out. You do it whenever you want. But I think the reason they made that wall jump hard, and this is just speculation on my part, is once you once you know that wall jump, you can really sequence break things. Oh yeah, yeah. And so, watching a lot of the sequence break videos on on YouTube are really impressive. Oh yeah, I mean people just flip right up these walls, and that's what I was mm -hmm. kind of doing until once you get the space jump, uh, that's kind of just goes away. But, um, yeah, like you can just like you can just do these cool sequence breaks, and I think if they gave players that ability early on. I mean, they, you always had that ability, but if you made it very accessible like to how you perform a wall jump in a game today, I think it would really – people would start they – they would get lost, they would get trapped, and, yeah. and it would break things. So it's kind of cool that it's like this advanced move. Uh, same with the um, shine sparking, which is like a whole other – that's what the speed the speedrunners are all about the mm -hmm. shine sparking. So that's when you run, you dash, and and when you stop, she's charged, and you can take that charge and you can like dash upward like a rocket. You can dash yeah. all over, and then that, it's crazy. that's just like yeah, that is a whole other element. Now I guess it is kind of hard to always get the shine sparking to work. So I guess that is one. That's a that's kind of a negative. 
uh, they made that a lot easier, like in Zero Mission and Fusion. Like you just yeah. crouch down, and when you crouch down, she she's good. Um, so there are like kind of quirks like that. The control is maybe a little complicated, just the the dash button with the jump button and the shoot and all that kind of stuff. Like they really streamline that in in Zero Mission and um, and Fusion. I think it feels better in those, but. But because yeah, of that, just, it's given the game also some longevity. You know, the people figuring these things out and, and yeah. perfecting it has given it, you know, 30 oh, years yeah. of... Oh, um, right. Or and 20 years there, of, of and, legs. And it has so many cool, just, like, little secret moves, too. Like, um, I actually forget how to do it. I didn't do it this time. But I think if you set, like, a power bomb and you roll into, like, the ball, she actually breaks out of her suit for a minute and she'll heal inside of, like, a force Oh, field. yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, there's, like, all sorts of, like, hmm. cool things like that. There's another one if you're holding in just the uh, the charge shot, the charge beam. If you're holding it in you crouch and you go into the morph ball, like, It'll drop. you'll never use it, but a bunch of bombs will just fall out. Yeah. Um, you can even, if you're using the charge beam and holding it in, you get like a mini screw attack before you get the screw attack, so you can just kind of jump through enemies while you're while you're shining there. So like, it has lots of, so many cool like little features that, um, you don't need to know, but they're cool to figure out and and you know help speedrunners and stuff like that. You know, that yeah. just add de- adds like so much depth to it. So. Yeah, and then the narrative, of course. I mean, how can we not talk about that? And there's, like, other than what Samus says in the beginning of the game, there's no words. It tells us, like, really cool story of when, especially once you get in the Mother Brain's lair, you find the baby Metroid, and baby Metroid eats you, and then you're like, oh, man, this is this is now the, the super Metroid is the baby Metroid. You know, this is it's crazy. And then you go fight Mother Brain, and I'm ruining the game for you guys. Sorry. And then, <laughs> as if you didn't know, and then the baby comes and eats Mother Brain. And, like, I when I was a kid, like, that stuff, I was just, holy shit. You know? Yeah, like, that was, was another just, holy shit moment. I mean, yeah. And it's still, like, to me, even now, like, it still just feels, like, good. It's just, like, just a really great moment. Uh, even the escape sequence at the end where you can rescue those little guys, which is rescuing those guys is canon, by the way, because they're uh, super important in fusion. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there's just so much cool stuff. This game is awesome. Uh, a classic. Even just uh, they really use that extra space to just all the details. Samus, not many games had this. I, I can't even think of any, actually, where... The uh, sprite had two different sides to it. Yeah, where you when you, know, you would like, turn left versus turning right, she right. you know had her arm actually pointed because she shoots from her yeah. right arm. Yes, left I think so. Arm? Yeah, she's a righty. Um, yeah, so she shoots from her right, and the gun is always on the right hand. And yep. they did all that different run animation for all the different, you know, for the both sides. I mean, mm-hmm. just like crazy stuff that you know, little details that people just didn't think about or put in the games then. I so do love that, awesome. that, like you said, I, I, I love the idea of that they can just tell such great stories with these games without overtelling them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which I think is something that in modern games, obviously, you know. Or even Other M. I mean. <laughs> well, yeah. And that, you know, that's kind of initial. I, I haven't played much of Other M. Like I said, I got it dirt cheap just because it was dirt cheap, just so I could have it to play eventually someday. Probably never. Um, <laughs> given my, given my, that's my MO anyway. But uh, <laughs> I did pop it in and play may- maybe half an hour or so of it just to kind of get a taste of it. And, yeah, it did kind of turn me You got no – yeah, yeah. You just got a lot – I think the first hour is lots of talky, and it's yeah, like, yeah, I this was, isn't mm, – this really isn't Metroid. Is yeah, yeah. It, it definitely feels – I mean, I can see why Metroid fans don't like it because it definitely feels anti-Metroid because everybody talks about the isolation. That game does not have that. You're always in communication with people. Mm-hmm. You're kind of hanging out with people sometimes. I mean, you'd still mo- the majority of the game you're running around by yourself. Um, but and then there's all these cutscenes, so it's kind of like at the same. It's kind of like an anti-Metroid, even though it is a Metroid. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's just from games from this era of of the Super Nintendo that were, right. were so so good at telling a story uh, at a, of a huge scale, really, but not having to like be shoving constant cutscenes and communication from some outside, you know, uh, character down mm-hmm. throat the entire time i think a lot of that was also due to the fact that you know those games while they told a really cool base story all the fun details you either had to imagine or you were hoping that they were going to kind of come and that that hope for you know for it to come is almost more fun than actually seeing it 
Like, I, I can tell you right now, it was way more fun thinking about what Star Wars Episode One was going to be based on the trailers <laughs> than actually seeing Star Wars Episode One. you know? Well, you know, I, I think I, I've made this point in a game club before, but um, the thing I like about these older games, too, is that they leave room for a lot of imagination. So, yeah. you know, like Final Fantasy VI, you play that game, and, you know, it's got all the text and all that. You're reading about it, but all the cutscenes, very little thing, you know, like minimal stuff is happening here. You just see little characters move up and down, basically, and and, and act stupid. And everybody would like people would love like a remake of Final Fantasy VI, but it's just like, well, why? So we can see all these cutscenes the way they're supposed to be. Like it, it was cool just imagining that in your head. Like when Kafka takes over the world, like you know, your mind's kind of going. You're just like, oh, look at you know, this is all destroyed here. So they kind of leave that that room for imagination, which is what I like about the old games. But, yeah. You know, yeah. a, the the yeah. romance storylines weren't overly done, and they're not going to be like you know overdrawn with cheesy dialogue or anything like that. It was very minimal dialogue, and you know, right. again, a lot of that was filled in with the music. You know, you knew they were falling in love based on on the music that was being played. So, yeah. that opera scene, man. People love that <laughs> opera scene. It's good. I mean, it's great. You oh know? yeah, it, dude, it's awesome. It's really good. Um, I, I'll say this about about super metroid i really hope that if if nintendo ever makes another metroid and i do hope they continue the metroid series because i think it's it's one of the i think it is probably they will it is one of their best you know series i i would i would probably rank it metroid than zelda as my favorite two you know nintendo series but i think if they're going to remake or do continue to do the metroid series i really do think they need to take a really hard look at super metroid and what made it great and I think they need to look at other games, too. And I'm not saying they need to, like, go over the top and make them super cheesy and super gory. But I think they need to look at games like Dead Space. And they need to look at games like uh, the most recent Lara Croft game. Because the Dead Space games, especially Dead Space 1 and 2, they, they nail that same isolation feeling. Even though you're, you're popping up and talking to people on your wrist and, you know, all that other kind of crap. You still feel really alone. And, and that's, that's kind of a big thing for, for the Metroid series. I'm not saying it needs to be dark and gory or anything like that. But um, I think something else that will not only make the game a little bit more exciting, but it would explain a lot more to it as well, is if they if they kind of add in that a sense of desperation as well, like what they did with the Lara Croft game. Because with every Metroid game, you always think to yourself, okay, I'm going to start off, and I'm not going to have my powers, and I'm going to slowly get my powers, and I'm going to find them. But if they if they kind of add in that that sense of desperation, like with the Lara Croft game, then it could be like, holy crap, Samus is alone, and there's a chance that she might die, and it would be kind of fun to watch her explore the environment slowly and then build up her her gear as she goes along. And the Lara Croft game, most recent one by the way, was an open world kind of thing. Even though it had a linear story, you could still go mm-hmm. back and you know access new areas, you know, based on uh, techniques and stuff that you learn. So. Um, a lot of people will shoot me saying, oh, those are third-person crap games. They're, they were pretty good for, for what they were. I, I think that if, if the creative minds behind Nintendo, and especially with the eye for detail that Nintendo always has, if they took those concepts and then added them to the old Metroid formula, I think they can come up with something really fantastic. That's just me. Yeah, I I think right now Metroid is it's it's at a point where... Um, I think it needs, I hate to say the reboot thing, but I think like it needs to start over because this is like a 25 year story, which by the way, it's been 20, yeah, it has been 25 years and there has been no Metroid celebration, not like Super Mario, even Kirby got like like a 20th anniversary (laughs) game on Wii. Um, year of Luigi. Yeah. Luigi's getting an entire year. (laughs) (laughs) Samus can't get shit. Anyway. Um, so I think it needs to kind of start over and, you know, I wouldn't object to some new blood having it. Maybe a Western studio, a bunch of guys that grew up caring about it, you know, almost like a Metroid Prime, just kind of like a new, totally fresh idea. Um, But Super Metroid, yeah, has to be, I mean, it has to be the, like, I really, they'll never make it again, but just to have that game where there's this amazing huge map to explore Mm -hmm. with no hints, like, you know, nothing, this is where you got to be on the map. None of that kind of shit where mm-hmm. it's just real tight experience. Like, oh, my God, that would be perfect for me. Like, that to me, that's the most important part of a new Metroid is just nailing that, 
that map and and no hand holding and telling a story uh with as little words as possible yeah, I mean, yeah. they could even look at the recent Arkham games as well. Those were pretty good Metroidvania games for, for what they were. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because if, if a game like that was made now, it would definitely do the thing where the, it zooms out on the map and then yeah. it would like go down. With a question mark. With a question mark. Yeah. Like, yeah. What's, ooh, what's, what's here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, story you point, know. story point. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe you know, maybe like what I'm thinking, maybe that is like impossible to do with like a big 3D game, just like this map that you would explore like organically. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't design games, but uh, yeah, I just it's it's time for a refresh, and I, I'm I just, I'm worried. Like I think I think that's the biggest thing that other M caused for people. It gave them reason to really worry about this otherwise really sacredly handled game. You know, it might go to that kitschy kind of, you know, route that some other Nintendo games go. Right. You know what I'm I, saying? I almost, on, on related to that, uh, I almost wonder if you can pull off an open world with that level of detail and explorability. Uh, is explorability a word? <laughs> you just verbed <laughs> it, dude. It, it, is, it is now. Uh, all right. <laughs> it's <laughs> terrible so um, much that that could be the game club shirt it just says explorability, explorability. i'm gonna look it up it's probably gonna be a real word i'm afraid so to open com- up a browzer the t-shirt's coming to magfest 2014 come come see our panel and you get a free explorability shirt <laughs> no but like if you think about it from like a 16-bit game and the assets that are involved in creating that and having a, a huge map where you can explore it and there's all this hidden stuff and all these different ways to get around um, alternate, you know, hidden routes. Um, and then you think about trying to do the same thing in like a large 3D world and the amount of assets and detail and work you would have to put into creating that. I almost wonder if it could be pulled off in this day and age. I mean, really. Well, y- you know, like... I'm sorry. Um, I was just going to say, I was just, there's a lot of money and man hours to develop something like that, I would think. Well, you know, I, ha- I had a thought as, uh, like, kind of just now. I'm like, Dark Souls is kind of like um, a good example, a good example of a way for people to be online and give each other hints and get, and tell each other, like, kind of everyone figures out the map together. Like, Miiverse. One thing I noticed playing um, Super Metroid on Wii U, I would go to Miiverse once in a while, and there was a lot of first-timers. And there's a lot of people taking screenshots, and they're like, what do I do next? So there was, like, mm-hmm. a cool community kind of building up of people trying to figure out how to play this game. So, you know, maybe it is possible to have a, a game with just this crazy map that doesn't give you any directions, and it, it's kind of up to the community to figure the map out together. I think that's I mean, an awesome just... idea, a Dark Souls type of scenario or Dark or Demon Souls type scenario where you would – find messages from previous bounty hunters yeah that, i mean that super metroid the has the the bounty hunter that's lying there dead right before Kraid, you know so like yeah. the, that idea of other people exploring mm. these areas already exists so yeah, yeah maybe that, that, that that's cool man that's cool as an so, aside i just want to say the Miiverse is, is pretty awesome in that oh regard. yeah i mean it's it's a really cool um I feel like people have kind of ragged on Nintendo for years, and I have too to some extent, uh, as far as like how they have not really adopted a good like online experience. Um, and I think they just, I think people just want Nintendo to basically make Xbox Live and put it on the next Nintendo console. That's what people seem to. That seems to be the the internet consensus, uh, or a lot of the arguments that I hear is they just want it to basically work like Xbox Live. And I don't, you know, obviously Nintendo kind of always does their own thing and. That's just Nintendo. And I think that they, with the Miiverse, they finally have kind of proven that by trying to do their own thing, that they, they have actually succeeded and created something that's uh, it's a total alternate idea to what Xbox Live and PSN and Steam as like this friends list online uh, uh, experience is. But at the same time, it's, it, it's really unique and it's actually a lot of fun. I mean, the way it's been implemented in games so far has been awesome, like you were saying. And the way that you can interact with other people and share tips and and um, and even now some of the newer games that are coming out that are starting to incorporate it uh, has some pretty funny stuff that uh, like the WarioWare game is doing with the Miiverse. Uh, so um, do you have Wario? The Wario game? I did. I did end up picking it up. Yeah, I got some oh, money. Okay. For my, I got some money for my birthday, so we picked it up ah. uh, to play it. And, nice. Uh, yeah, 
the the Meverse integration is is a lot of fun. It's got this really f- cool thing where basically people post uh, like just like a phrase. Like I got one that was like Derpy Mega Man, and you have to draw <laughs> in like a short period of time as fast as you can your interpretation of like what a Derpy me- Mega Man looks like. And, then you push back <laughs> the Miiverse. and so that person that put it up there now is going to see all the drawings people did, you know, just oh, random wow. strangers from around the internet, and and uh, so just little weird quirky experiences like that i think are, are kind of what is going to make that a really cool thing um and it's different it's not it's not xbox live it's not hopping in and joining a game with your friend by with a click of a button but it's just something different and, and it's there and I'm, I'm i'm excited to see how it gets used especially with games like super metroid older games yeah. you know, being pulled in and being part of that meverse i hope pikmin has like a cool use of it too because that's like another game where just, you know, it seems like, you know, people have all sorts of like their own strategies and that, and that kind of thing. So, I don't know, wishful thinking, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will. I'm sure yeah. that game's going to be pretty cool with it. Well, we're hitting the hour mark. We should probably round out yes. our thoughts. I mean, we I think we've thoroughly chatted about it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Super Metroid. Freaking go play it, please. Yeah, please. ignore the, ignore the Steam sale for a little bit. Go play. <laughs> only if you've never played it. Only if you've never played it. <laughs> I can't ignore the Steam sale. So about? much cheapness. You know, honestly, I think I do think this. Super Metroid is literally one of the greatest games ever created, and, and I and one of the greatest soundtracks ever made too. Um, and it, it is because of this game that I think that Nintendo should hold it like sacred ground, and and I really do think they can push the Metroid series back into a really good direction again, back into a system moving system, you know, game once again, you know? Um, and I'm just, I'm just hopeful for it, you know? Yeah. We talk about it like it's dead. It's not dead. I'm not talking about it. Like it's dead. I'm talking about it. Like, like they, they are holding one of the, they are holding Excalibur. <laughs> Basically. They just got to go use it now. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yes. Metroid's never been overly popular. I mean, Prime was the most popular one in the series, so it's, I don't know, it's one of those things. I've never really cared about popular. I just care about good, you know? And- well, yeah, I know, but I mean, <laughs> I just mean as far as, like you said, like system seller, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're going to sell to the Metroid fans, of course. You make an amazing Metroid game, they're going to come and get a Wii U, but, or 3DS or whatever, but, um, I, you know, I, it's not going to get Joe Schmo. Maybe it would. I don't know. If they if they make it good enough, they will. I mean, I was I was really hoping that they were going to announce something like it at at E three, but no. Yeah. And the only Metroid game that could get Joe Schmo is basically like Halo of, meets yeah, like lots of cinemas like Other M and lots <laughs> of QTEs and lots of uh, hallways with no branching paths. So <laughs> slow mo <laughs> boob shots like Bayonetta. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want that. So I feel like Metroid could never become. Well, I don't know. Like Dark Souls has really taken off, and that's kind of in a similar uh, vein. And uh, maybe it could. I don't know. Hmm. Sorry, bad ending thought, no. Steve. No, <laughs> no I'm, I agree with you guys. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely a game everyone should play. So you should play it, no matter how you do it. I mean, I would if you have a Wii U, and you probably don't. Uh, you could play it on there, which would be good. <laughs> well, you probably have a Wii. If you have a Wii, if you everyone has a Wii, right? Like, don't they just give them out now? Like, <laughs> everybody has a Wii. You move into a new neighborhood, and it's like already there on the front step in a plastic bag. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you should definitely check it out. Uh, I, 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 and I'm with Randy. I don't, eight dollars. I mean, if you're not a huge fan, then maybe that's too much. But um, there's you know other ways to play it. So whatever. Go back, go back and play uh, what, what Animal Crossing. Didn't the GameCube version of Animal Crossing have uh, it in there as you could get it yeah. in the arcade machine? Oh, yeah. really? Or yes. no. Animal Crossing only had the first Metroid. Oh, okay. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, the first <laughs> Animal Crossing had tons of NES games in it. Some that were like on the disc, but you couldn't get like Legend of Zelda's on there. And, That's so uh, bad. Punch Out's on there. Yeah, that's you really cool. Little, you would get a little machine in your in your uh, yep. in your house, and then you could just yeah. go and play Nintendo. That was I'm my af- whole upper floor. My whole upper upper floor was all NES games. I'm I'm afraid of Animal Crossing because I I know <laughs> I would get addicted to it. I know but, I would. <laughs> it's good, dude. 
Then they I'm realized sh- they could. Then they realized they could sell all that stuff, so they stopped including them in the in the game. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with us? Yeah, like we just gave away like sixteen games for free. Like, all right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that I think about does it for this episode of the Game Club. Thank you guys very much for tuning in, and thank you, Phil and Randy, and and Phil, thank you very much, especially for all that uh, insight at the beginning of the episode. Oh, that was uh, that was, uh, that was impressive. Just going off the cuff like that. I, mean, I know. <laughs> something else i mean normally for you guys listening i mean we usually have like a big uh a google doc that we share between the three of us with all like bullet points and stuff like that and that's usually how we go through the, the stuff at the beginning of the show and yeah we had none of that tonight phil just that was just all off the top of his head that was that, that was 100 percent pure phil i can do that yeah, with a couple of series i can do that with a couple but. <laughs> <laughs> awesome Awesome. Well, hopefully next time, hopefully we'll We're be playing. We're working on getting the Dust and Elysian Tale episode out. Uh, yeah. It's been long delayed now. Um, we are going to hopefully be recording that pretty soon. Uh, and uh, if not, if that doesn't work out, if that slips, we'll, we'll, the three of us will talk and we'll get something else together in, in the interim. But we would like to get that one up soon. <laughs> For you guys. It's hard to coordinate, like, because we're all East Coast, and the guy we're trying to coordinate is on UK time, so it's really tough to to sync everybody's schedules. Yeah. Right, right. The Uh, one time, I I guess we can can say this, well, we're running, we're running late. I was going to say how we thought we had the times figured out, and he, and he was ready for us at 9 in the morning. 9 and in the we, morning. I felt we were so like, bad. No, we met 9, we met 9 p.m. Yeah, that was... I felt so, he was like, oh, 9 will be perfect. I'm like, really? 9 going to be perfect? Sweet. Let's do this. And then I saw him online at like 9, you know. He was all ready to go. And I was like, I am really And I'm sorry. at work eating my Cheerios. I'm like, 9. <laughs> I felt so, it's so bad. I felt so bad, but. It'll be a great show because we'll get it worked out. Yeah, here we're gonna have somebody who you know worked on the game that'll be playing the game with us. You know, worked on it in in to an extent. You know, worked on the music. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, yes, yeah. So that'll be good when it comes out. So in the meantime, um, if you're watching us on YouTube uh, and you're not already subscribed to the channel, please go ahead and subscribe to the channel because there's lots of good stuff going up on the channel all the time. Things like uh, video reviews and some of Randy's excellent editorial work. Uh, and head over to eldergeek.com. Uh, click on the, the Facebook icon, click on the Twitter icon, whatever your, or the Google icon, whatever your social media uh, of choice is, and follow us on there. Check us out on Twitch TV where the guys are doing uh, sh- streaming stuff all the time. Uh, Two Button Panics on there. Uh, check them out. And we will be back in a couple weeks. All right. See you. Thank you. The Elder Geek Game Club theme music was graciously provided by Josh Welshel. Please head over to jwmusic.org and check out some more of his work. 